It is. It's me. It's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, burdened with glorious purpose, always in the pursuit of excellence of execution in all aspects of casino gambling. This is episode 75 of our Casino Combat podcast, recorded live in the exquisite Casino Combat studios. If this is your first time, welcome, and thank you for giving our podcast a try. If this is your next time, thank you so much for coming back. Let me very very quickly cover the important details and my legal backside, and then we will get started. Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, Captain and Tennille, do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know your local problem gambling hotline number, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you and make it available to you. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in facts. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items, unrelated outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. Excellent. All right, we've got that out of the way. I do have some information from around the Casino Combat Galaxy for you, but first, let me lay out the battle plan for this episode. If you listened to episode 74, we finished part one of the Virtual VIP Lounge interview with Professor Slots, and he was asking me at the time if people win playing poker. So we will hear the answer to that and the rest of the interview as the final segment in today's episode. I'm going to start us off with what does the math say segment and look at the math behind a player having a blackjack when the dealer has an ace showing. Unsurprisingly, I did some gambling last week. Actually, well, I'm going to call it a week, but it's really over like the last 10 days because of the way the month of December started. But we will have a travel segment today because of that. I'll share my results, but what I really want to do is show you the same casino plan producing winning results two very different ways. So that's it. With that, our plan is set. Math, travel, and professor slots in the virtual VIP lounge. Despite not hearing from Guardian and the Jet, there are some things happening in the Casino Combat Galaxy that I should share with you. First up, Inner Circle member Virginia Casino player Doug ate to the ring, and I were emailing back and forth a bit recently, and he mentioned that he's planning to buy several of the books in the uh, TRG Recommends section of the website, but he's holding off on getting a vest until the casino that just broke ground near his home is open. Makes sense. He's hoping that by that time, I will have vests available that say Casino Combat Squad on them. So I wanted to share my response to him with all of you, because it applies to all of you as much as it applies to him. We may, at some point, have some merch to sell. In fact, the website CasinoCombat.com is getting a major upgrade as we speak, and that will include the ability to sell products if we decide to go in that direction. Having said that, if right now, with us having nothing to sell in that regard, if you want a vest, or frankly, a shirt or a hat or a mug or whatever, that says Casino Combat on it, has the logos, has the layout, that kind of stuff, I have a couple of options for you, particularly as it relates to the vest. First, if you're an Inner Circle member, you already know where I live. And so in that context, I'm happy to provide you with my address, and you can have the vest that you can order from our website from Amazon shipped to me, and I will arrange for a friend of Mrs. TRG's to add on all of the things to the vest that that are Casino Combat logos and, and all of that. She already did one for me, so that is not a big deal for me to do. She's done it. I know she can do it with that vest. I kind of know the layout that uh, that makes sense on that vest, and we'll be happy to do that. We'll get it turned around quick for you, and I'll send your vest to you as soon as it's it's finished. We'll be happy to do that for any of you that are Inner Circle members that, that, that want to go that direction. 
beyond that. If you're someone who's listening, you're not an Inner Circle member, you are welcome to email me, trg at casinocombat.com, and let me know you need the art and logos from the podcast to do a vest or a shirt or whatever you'd like to do, and I'll be happy to send you those art pieces as email attachments, and you can customize whatever you'd like with them. That is more than fine with me. I'm more than happy to do that. Looking toward our next couple of episodes, things are going to be potentially a bit crazy, but I'm hoping to keep putting out new content during the holidays. At the end of the current week, Mrs. TRG and I are going to Biloxi to see some new casinos. Then we're coming home for Christmas with the children and the young lion, and then we're heading out to Las Vegas for New Year's Eve. Having said that, I'm also getting ready to record another conversation with Charlie Frere, the author of Casino Fun 101. I'm going to do that later this week. And I'll want to share that with you next week as Charlie and I are going to discuss some of the ways in which his play for fun differs from my play for profit. It's just kind of two different approaches. At least I think we see things differently. That's kind of the point of the conversation. So we'll find that all out kind of together. It should be both fun and informative, I think. Along those same lines, I got an email this week that had me thinking. Why can't we go backwards for once? Backwards, really fast, as fast as we can. Really put the pedal to the metal. You know, Bill and Ted did it. And that may seem a little strange and out of place, but here's kind of the prompt for that thought. The email I received was from someone who just listened to episode 14, where I mentioned wanting to have someone on the podcast who understood playing craps to minimize the house advantage. The listener has 20 years of experience in that specific area. And so as I discussed with him doing an interview, I had to mentally go backwards very fast. Episode 14 published 14 months ago. The podcast was admittedly very different back then. No one had found the games. We had no inner circle members. I hadn't played craps in over 20 years. All of that stuff. As we were discussing the interview tech, sorting out how how all of that works, discussing what we wanted to talk about, I had to, at various points, metaphorically go backwards very fast and catch him up on what he has not heard yet. In the process, I'm getting to know a skilled crafts player that should have a wealth of knowledge to share with us in an episode, hopefully over the holidays, depending on how his time is allocated and, and how we can make that work. Much like getting in a phone booth and traveling through time, the next few weeks and episodes should be a lot of fun. I think the battle plan calls for looking at what the math says next, following the sounds from old T-Rex. 3.14159265358970. I thought we would take a few minutes today and look at what the math says about the insurance bet on a blackjack table, and more specifically, I wanted to look at what the math says about the insurance bet if the player has a blackjack. That is a much more interesting question, and that's what we're going to talk about after we do some background. The name of the segment is, What Does the Math Say? So let me explain the insurance bet, and we will look at what the math says before digging into the math of the insurance bet when the player has a blackjack and the dealer is showing the ace. The insurance bet is an additional bet that you can make only if the dealer dealer's first card is an ace. When this happens, the dealer will pause the game, and run one hand in an arc from their right to their left saying insurance open, and then back the other way saying insurance closed. In between the start and end of that, players may bet up to one half of their original blackjack bet as an insurance bet. So the entire process goes like this with if there's a $10 wager. 
A player bets $10 on the blackjack hand. The dealer reveals an ace as their up card. The dealer asks if anyone wants insurance, and the players put $5, one half of their original bet, on the insurance line in the middle of the table. The dealer closes the insurance bet and checks their hidden card. If they have a 10, all the player bets are lost except the insurance bet, and the insurance bet pays 2 to 1, which is $10. If the dealer does not have a blackjack, the $5 insurance bet is lost and collected, and play continues. Strangely, I often see people with very average to horrible hands, things like a hard 14, and they make the insurance bet. I, I really don't know, but I think their internal thought process is that they have what is probably a losing hand, so maybe the dealer has a blackjack, and they can achieve a push, basically. Let's look at what the math says about that, about making that decision. When you have a horrible hand, but you decide you're going to take insurance because you're probably losing anyway, if that's your thought process. Maybe you just like to gamble and any bet's a good bet from your point of view. You know that's not how I think. So here we go. Let's assume a $10 main bet and a $5 insurance bet. The odds of winning the insurance bet is 4 in 13. So if this bet is made 13 times, the expectation is that the player will win $10 four times for a total of $40 and lose the insurance bet nine times for a loss of $45. The expected loss over time is $5 for every 13 times the insurance bet is made, or said another way, $5 for every $65 wagered. Remember, think about this. The expected loss per $100, not per 65, but per $100 wagered on the primary blackjack bet, if you're using basic strategy, is between 3 and $0.04 cents per $100 wagered if a player uses, as I said, basic strategy. The math says that generically the insurance wager is a horrible wager to make. In reality, most average to above average blackjack players know to stay away from the insurance wager in most situations. All right, with that background out of the way, let's look at what the math says about a more specific application of this wager, one that tends to be more tempting for people. Making the insurance wager when the player knows they have a blackjack and the dealer has an ace. Let's look at the math of that. And then kind of let's be realistic. More specifically, you're not going to really make that wager in most casinos. What you're simply going to say to the dealer is, I'll take even money. You don't usually, if you have a blackjack, go through the process of actually making the wager, making change to get half of your dollar amount right and all of that. You say even money, that skips the step of the player making the insurance wager, then waiting till the dealer checks their card, then collecting and paying the winning hands, whatever they happen to be. You just say even money, they collect your cards, they pay you exactly what you would bet on the blackjack hand, and your part of the game is, is done until the next hand. And the reason this is possible is because blackjack pays 3 to 2 and insurance pays 2 to 1. The player can only bet half of their original bet on the insurance wager. The request for even money is possible because the math of the two wagers means that regardless of the outcome, the player bets $10 on the blackjack wager and $5 on the insurance wager, that player is going to gain $10 regardless of whether the dealer does or does not have blackjack. The math says no other outcome is possible. And often this comes up at a table and the person is sitting there and they're thinking what they should do and the amateur advice on this is often said this way. Well, you bet $10 to make $10, why not take even money? As with most amateur advice, this advice is intuitive, but wrong. 
And that's the math I want to look at today so you can understand why that, well, you bet $10 to win $10, why not take even money, why that is bad advice and the wrong decision. The math of taking insurance when the player has a blackjack looks like this. 30.74% of the time when the player has a blackjack, the dealer also has a blackjack. And 69.26% of the time, the dealer does not have a blackjack. So if this situation happens to a player 100 times, and they take even money 100 times, the player will receive $10 times 100 hands. That's $1,000 taking even money. If the player plays those same 100 hands and refuses even money, the player will push, neither win nor lose money, 30.74% of the time, and 69.26% of the time, the player will be paid $15. $15 times 69.26 means the player will get paid over those 100 hands $1,038.90. $38.90 more than taking even money on all 100 hands. The math says that even if the player has a blackjack, taking even money, which is to say taking, making the insurance bet, is an incorrect choice financially. Further, unlike some aspects of basic strategy, this is a very, very easy thing to remember. When you have a blackjack, refuse even money. But it's difficult. It requires discipline. It's tempting when you have a larger bet in the circle to get paid and move back to a lower level bet. I'll go back again to the question of how often do you play and why are you playing? If you only play an hour or two a couple of times a year, honestly, the math probably doesn't matter. It will take you many, many years at four hours a year to see this hand a hundred times. But if you play regularly and you're playing for profit, even one weekend a month for several hours a day, you are going to see this hand more often than 100 times each year. Also, allow me to show you just a bit more math. I often use a $10 bet because it makes the illustrations an easy thing to do, an easy idea for people to grasp when they're listening. In this case, it makes the math kind of easy. And $10 is fine. As ECE has shown us in the past in previous episodes, even in Atlantic City, $10 games can still be found. There are plenty of $10 games across the United States. But how many of you who are listening to me are actually playing $10 tables? Myself personally, I don't even find them very often. And I don't play them when I do. Or set a different way, I might play at a $10 table, but I'm not making a $10 unit my unit size. So the math says per 100 hands, we are not giving up $38.90 every 100 times we play this hand. If you're making $15 wagers, you are giving up $58.35 in profits. If you are making $25 wagers, the number is $95.25. If you've followed what all of the math says, you have realized that the numbers for those of you who use my wagering system is still worse because we're not flat betting. Look, please listen. If you have been listening to me for any period of time and you are still making the same flat bet over and over, please email me and explain why. I cannot find a single good reason for that. And if you have one, I'm happy to share it with people, but I want to hear about it. Good players, good players that I know, are not making the same flat bet repeatedly. If you are using either TRG Wagering System 1 or TRG Wagering System 2, Always Be Grinding, or something you've created on your own that involves systemically raising and lowering your wagers, 
you are often making a wager larger than a single unit. In my system, you're going to be going between one and four and a half units, regardless of which of the wagering systems you're using. Let's keep this math simple, okay? Let's assume that over the course of a hundred hands, where you have blackjack and the dealer has an ace, your average bet is two units, kind of right in the middle of that one to four and a half range. Sometimes it's one unit, sometimes it's three units, sometimes it's four and a half units, depending on what you're playing, but over a hundred hands, we probably come out close to two units per hand. That means all the numbers I gave you previously are doubled. $77.80 if you're using my wagering approach with a $10 unit size, $116.70 at a $15 unit size, and $190.50 at a $25 unit size. How many hours of your time in the real world at a real job does it take you to earn that kind of money? And or how often do you want to give up that kind of money from your retirement funds if you're no longer working? $10 per hand is the illustration amount. It's not the total amount involved for most of us. I just, before I, before I started recording this, took a quick look back over the monthly results since I started doing this podcast. There are three months where I can assume with a high degree of confidence that the difference between a winning and a losing month was playing this hand correctly. The math says that even if we have a blackjack, Making the insurance wager or taking even money is a money-losing choice over an extended period of time. The travel segment is next. I'm going to distort time just a little bit. The value in this travel segment isn't in the table-by-table review, in my opinion. It's in a trend that has occurred and in the comparison of two different casino visits that involve the exact same plan. Based on how the month started in the middle of the week and then the way family holiday plans kind of took up all the weekends, I'm going to give you roughly 10 calendar days of gambling. And most of it was on weekdays because of how the weekends were packed, as I said, with family stuff. So we're going to call this a week. Technically, it's about 10 days, but it's a normal week's worth of gambling, basically. That will also get us back on a real-time schedule, hopefully. Knock wood. We'll see how long I can keep that up. This is reality podcasting, but at the same time, this podcast is roughly 25% of my reality. I've got, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff that goes on besides just what you hear about in the podcast. This, this first casino visit in this kind of week I'm making up was to the MGM slot parlor about 45 minutes east of my home near one of my customers. This was a very random visit. It was planned, but not planned, I guess. It's a neat example of Casino Wisdom number 81, ABC, always be casinoing. And and I think it should be kind of a, a cute little bit of content. Cute? I don't know. An interesting little bit of content. You see, Mrs. TRG sold some of the casino gifts we'd received and don't want in an, an online Facebook group. And the buyer said, hey, could you, you know, we live 90 minutes apart. Could you meet me halfway? And initially, you know, Mrs. TRG said, yeah, that doesn't really work for us, you know, 45 minutes of time and fuel plus 45 minutes back, it's going to make this a money loser for us, even though we're going to get some stuff out of the house that we don't need. And the buyer kind of understood that. And then she mentioned that she works 45 minutes from her home and she's 45 minutes from us and wait for it near the MGM casino at the horse track, right near my customer 
could any way possible that, you know, we liked casinos and we could meet her there. Well, that was a deal that worked for us. I met the buyer on my way to my customer and gave her the things we didn't need and she gave me cash money. And then while I was there, I went inside to use TRG slot strategy El Numero Dos on a slot machine. And if you're not familiar with that strategy or, or with TRG slot strategy one, uh, which I always use for free play, uh, I've got all that written up. It's in an ebook called Casino Combat Slot Tactics. If you go to the website, casinocombat.com, find the Fred section, and, and you can download that directly. It's completely free. I'm not, not trying to make any money off of that. Just gamblers helping gamblers. And the, the cool part about using that strategy was walked in, picked a machine that I liked the graphics on, picked a machine I liked the subject matter, made sure that it paid progressive bonuses on, on any dollar amount, and, and used my strategy and walked back out with a very nice win very quickly, about a sixth of a day's pay, just boom, done. And a great hourly rate, by the way, which is something Gabriel and I often talk about. You know, there's a big difference between walking into a building, playing a slot machine, and, and walking out with a meaningful portion of a day's pay in just a few minutes, right? If you, if you multiply that by hours, you know, I made several hundred dollars an hour on an hourly basis in, 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 in that period of time. Conversely, if, if you spend all day at the craps table, you know, spend six, seven hours at the craps table, you, you buy a half dozen drinks while you're doing that and you walk out with a hundred bucks, well, your hourly rate's horrible. You know, your hourly rate's absolutely you know, ridiculous. So that's just another kind of way Gabriel and I sometimes look at things. And yes, that's not what I was supposed to be talking about here. I ended up off on a tangent. Sorry about that, T-Rex. So I go to my client, do some work, and that uh, that was the start of my out-of-town trip. My only out-of-town trip for this episode. You know, I'm, I'm part of the way to my home casino. So I head to my home casino. You've heard this pattern before. This is, this is pretty normal. If you're a regular listener, you know how this goes. Work in the morning, part way to my home casino, which is Casino 2. And that's uh, two and a half hours east and uh, south of my home. A wonderful little My Choice property. If you figure out the real-world name and location of this casino, Casino 2, my home casino, using clues in the podcast, if you can do that in, in three guesses, three applications or less, you become a member of the inner circle of Casino Combat. Details for that are all in episode 22. It's a fun little game that's built into the podcast from the very first episode. And we also have, to honor our Inner Circle members, we have a little bio of each of the Inner Circle members and when they joined uh, on, the, on the website as well. It's kind of a recent addition to the website. At my, at my home casino, I had my normal two days of goodies to collect. And that's why I go on that day of the week because I get stuff on the day I arrive and I get stuff on the day I leave. And so the first night, my room and dinner were comped. I received a 10 times multiplier on whatever free tax-free imaginary money I might happen to earn, and I got a match bet, and it's a slightly larger match bet than I got last month. And I'm seeing that at a variety of properties, that my, my free bet match bet money's kind of going up, and I think it's because I'm start, I started using the Meta Martingale where it's appropriate. I wasn't doing that in the early part of the podcast because I hadn't shown you all my wagering systems, and I, I didn't think that was fair until I showed you everything. To, to kind of put it all into place, and I wanted to show you, you could, it could work with what, I, what I'd already taught. But now that I've taught it from a wagering system point of view, I you know pretty much taught everything I do. Uh, I, I've been using Meta Martingale more, and then I'm seeing this increase in, in, what, in what free bets and match bets I get because my average bet size is going up. At least that's my theory. Who knows? Maybe it'll go down next month, and I'll go, okay, well, scratch that theory. So did that. The next morning, get up, comped breakfast, 
another free money multiplier, another uh, another match bet, and some very nice free slot play. And over the course of the visit, both evening and morning, I played three winning and four losing blackjack tables, but the wins were much, much bigger than the losses. I also played two losing slot machines, very frustrating, but I left the property with roughly a day's pay more than I entered the property with. The one observation I'll make regarding this casino visit is that this is the casino that was running a promotion about a month ago to encourage guests to start using a virtual wallet in their app. And that's a, uh, they call it a virtual wallet. You hook it to a bank uh, account and you don't need to use an ATM. You can just put money directly into slot machines directly from your bank account well, by way of the virtual wallet. So I'm walking through the uh, around the casino floor looking for a blackjack table, my first blackjack table of the evening, the, the day that I arrived, and every table's full. Every seat's full. The couple of places that I see an open seat, it's got a reserve sticker on it, uh, on, the, on the felt, and I see an open table kind of you know, on the other side of the pit, completely empty, and, and so as I walk over there, the dealer, he's so over whatever's going on that he's not even standing there with his arms folded. He's actually bent over just leaning on the table with his elbows. Not something you see very often. A, a very bored, very tired dealer who hadn't been doing much dealing apparently. And that made no sense to me as I'm walking up in this busy casino with every blackjack seat full. And then I see the signs and I see the, the limits on the table and then it all makes sense. It is a $5 table in a room of 15, 25, and $50 tables. And so you would expect it to be packed. You would expect it to be the first table to fill up. But it's only $5 because you can only buy in. You can only get chips using the virtual wallet in the app. So just as the casino was willing to give slot players free imaginary tax-free money so that they would learn how to set up a wallet and connect it to a machine, the casino was trying to do the same thing, convince blackjack players to try a very inexpensive version of blackjack and to play at the only seats available in the casino to entice them to figure out how to set up a wallet, fund a wallet, and transfer that money to a blackjack table. And it's really interesting, and this is why I made a note and made this observation, I never saw anybody play it. And the whole time I was there, evening and morning, the table was empty. You know, eventually around 9 o'clock, the house pulled down that sign, turned it into a regular $15 table, and it filled up right away. But as long as you had to use this virtual wallet to play, people would at most walk up, ask a question, walk away. Never saw anybody actually playing blackjack at that table as long as it was set up for virtual wallet, which tells me, at least, that there's some smart people out there that, like me, aren't crazy about the idea of walking around the casino with their bank account linked to a way to make wagers. I, I think that's an, an indication people are pretty bright, pretty savvy. The rest of my casino time for this episode was all done locally, all planned around promotions, either at the full-service casino or the, the locally-owned horse track with the slot machines. And I made two visits to the horse track. I collected a handbag, a food comp, and three different sets of free slot play. So three, three sets of slot play in two visits. How's that happen? Well, that happens because I planned that visit so I would get my normal weekly free slot play, and then they had a monthly uh, appreciation day for players that are at the third tier of their reward system, and that also was a bonus of, of slot play. So I collected both of those on the same day. It was almost a third of a day's pay in free slot play by combining the two promotions into one visit. We've talked about that a lot. Plan around your promotions. Maximize what the house is giving away when you're going to do your gambling. I also visited my local full-service casino several times 
all set up so that I could get some combination of free bets, free gifts, and other comps. In total, I received a scratch-off lottery ticket, which was a winning ticket, by the way, a watch, a purse, and a gift card for a local grocery store. I received three free bets, three parking comps, and some free slot play. I played three winning and one losing slot machine, and that's with cash money, our money going into the machines, not the free play. That's a separate thing. I played eight winning and nine losing blackjack tables, which sounds like a problem, but once again, the wins were much, much bigger than the losses. I finished the entire local casino gambling process with another three days pay in my pocket. As I said, wins much bigger than losses, in some cases, a, a lot bigger. So with those types of wins, I was always following casino wisdom number three and making a variety of small choices regarding what to do with my wins. And it's not that any of the wins were like huge home run wins. It's that the winning was regular and consistent. So after you got a couple days of wins in a row, it's like, okay, what am I going to do with this? Well, some of it goes in the cloud safe. Some of it goes in the real safe. Some of it pays for some things we have going on. You know, just all those things we've talked about. I bought a little more crypto. I've got an observation for you first, and then a comparison that I want to do between two different visits, two different local casino visits. The observation is that this is definitely a gambling binge that I'm in the middle of. I talked about that a couple episodes ago. So as I finish up the gambling week, as, as I look at the calendar, it's been over a month since I walked into a casino and left with less cash than, than, than when I entered. Every casino visit for more than a month, more than a calendar month, has been a profitable visit in cash, not just stuff. This binge actually started when Mrs. TRG and I went for a weekend trip to Casino One, you know, spent a couple nights there, and 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 did some winning on Saturday, did some winning on Sunday of that, won more than, we, than we'd lost on the Friday night. So that's the first visit of this month-long plus streak of visits where, you know, I'm, I'm just consistently winning. It's going to end sometime. It always does. You have to recognize it when it happens, you have to enjoy it, you have to love it, you have to think it's the greatest thing in the world, and then you have to be prepared for it to eventually end. It's eventually going to not go my way, I know that, but this is definitely the first binge that I've been on since I introduced that term to you a few episodes ago. So then the other thing I wanted to do in this travel segment is I wanted to do is lay out my plan for a local casino visit, just a weekly visit by myself. This would be a different plan if Mrs. TRG was going with me. It would be a different plan if I was, you know, meeting friends and allies on a, a time we'd planned to get together. And this plan is based on how the casino is currently operating, how my local casino is currently operating as compared to the way it was forced to run uh, in, in the full height of the pandemic. So my bankroll is set up to use the modified Martingale system that I talked about last week. My time roll isn't infinite, but subject to a customer emergency and my own stamina and ability to stay awake and play, it is infinite for all practical purposes. And we've been using the virtual VIP lounge for interviews, which have been great. Love to get, love getting to know those guys. I hope you have too. But we haven't had a lot of time for stories the last few episodes. We're not going to have time uh, at the end of this episode. So let me share a very quick story and I'm going to share that because it explains how I know my time roll is almost infinite. I'm very certain, I don't remember the episode, but I'm very certain at some point in the past, I shared with you the story of the first time Mrs. TRG and I found a casino game we could break and exploit. Don't remember which episode, as I said, but it has to have been a very early episode. 
everything I tell you is always true, and I always say from a certain point of view. Very famous quote. I hope some of you figured that out. But much like everything, like take Back to the Future 1, right? Everything we see in that episode is true from the point of view of Marty McFly, the protagonist. So from a certain point of view, Back to the Future 1 is absolutely true. And then in Back to the Future 2, we see those events while learning other things were going on that we didn't see in the first movie. So what you didn't hear about when I told you the the story of finding the broken game at the casino and taking advantage of it was something that happened outside the scope of that story I was telling in that episode. And that's what I'm going to tell you about now that ties back into this infinite time roll. So we're, we're at a point where we've been playing and playing and playing, and we took a little breaks to get some air and, and went out onto the sidewalk to take a look at the volcano uh, at the Mirage across the street, watch it go off. It was still a pretty new thing at that time. They had just opened that casino, and we'd been playing a long time, and we'd been putting down a Coors Light every time the waitress came by. And by put down, I mean we put down the empty one and got a full one from the waitress. So we're standing there, we're watching the volcano, and I look at Mrs. TRG and I say, I, I need to be done. I, I just do. I can barely see the cards. I have had so much to drink. I, I barely can see the cards. We're leaving tomorrow. we got to get to the airport at a reasonable time. I, I, I think we need to wrap this up. And she looked me right in the eye and she said, you listen to me. I don't care how drunk you are. I don't care how tired you are. You are not quitting until we have two losing shuffles in a row. That's what we agreed to do. And I don't really understand, and then she says, this is her words, I don't really understand exactly what we are doing, so you need to keep playing. I can't do this by myself. So I did what my wife said, I kept playing, and we played until the dealer shuffled the cards twice, and we didn't win any hands, so four losing hands. And it was a big win for us, the, the first really big win we had. It's a great memory. It's still something we talk about today. Now, the amazing thing is, looking at it in hindsight, is that my wife, who was very, very early in her gambling journey at that point, intuitively understood a fundamental gambling concept. You don't leave the table when you're on a heater, which in normal English means if you're winning, you keep playing until your exit condition occurs. And then for myself now, kind of building off of that, I also do that when I'm not winning. I don't leave until the negative exit happens. I just don't go, oh, well, I'm bummed, I've been losing. I stick to my plan even when I'm losing, regardless of how much time it takes to either hit that winning condition or that losing condition, at least 99% of the time. Mrs. TRG is such an amazing person that that thing, that thing she told me when we'd been married like three years, she's lived with that ever since. Ever since then, ever since we stood in front of that volcano, for the rest of our marriage, she has lived by the fact that you don't leave when you're winning. I have missed or been late for a handful of things that were important over the years. Things that I was supposed to be at, meetings with teachers, uh, meeting with a pastor one time for one of my, my children's uh, confirmations. And every time she would demand to know why I was late. And upon hearing that I was gambling and winning, as long as I could show her the winnings, either in cash or the bank deposit slip, that was it. It was done. It was over. She never said another word about it. Didn't make a big deal about it. So in our house, and this was the point of sharing this other view of that story, in our house, if you're Team TRG and you are winning, you do not leave. Your time roll is infinite in those circumstances, and it's a no harm, no foul from the family point of view. 
So there's our setup, right? I have a correct bankroll, I have a correct time roll, and my plan as I enter the casino is to stop at a kiosk and get all the paperwork for whatever promotions I'm gonna receive are. So if there's free play, I, I get that picked up. If there's a free bet, I get the slip of paper. If there's a gift and I need a piece of paper to get that, I've got that. I've got all my stuff that I need to, to, to make the casino visit. And if there's free slot play involved, I immediately go find a machine and play the free slot play so that I don't forget about it and walk out and not play it because that expires after 24 hours. If there's a gift to be picked up, I go pick up the gift. I get that done and out of the way. And then I go to the bar and I have a drink or two, no more than two. And that takes me 45 minutes or an hour. And I use this time to do my record keeping for the transactions that have already occurred. Then I review the current month's profit loss statement on my phone so I understand exactly where I am financially for the month in that moment. And I talk to people I know in the casino as they wander through the bar. I sometimes do research or other show prep tasks while I'm sitting at the bar. I really like the discipline this creates. Casino Wisdom number 33 teaches us you have to want the win more than you want the action. This is something I had to grow into over a period of time. Like many people, when I started my gambling journey all those years and years and decades ago, as soon as I landed in Las Vegas, I wanted to get to a blackjack table. That's what I wanted to do. And that was understandable since there's only two places in the United States at that time that you could actually play blackjack legally. But still, it's an approach that it decreases your chances of success. When, when, you, when you just want to play, your chances of winning go down. Casino Wisdom's like 33, let's be honest. I didn't create Casino Wisdom number 33 by having the discipline to walk away with the win. You, you have to make the mistake sometimes. You have to learn the lesson the hard way by preferring playing over winning. And I, I hope that by having that Casino Wisdom, some of you learn to avoid that. And I know a number of players right now that I think one of the weaknesses is there in their game is that they want to play more than they want to win. So I practice that Casino Wisdom by being in a casino, a place where I could play blackjack and sitting at the bar and having a drink first and doing other things. Things casino related, things that are part of being good at the game of casino gambling, just not actual gambling. From this point, the plan is to play enough blackjack or baccarat, but preferably blackjack to win a day's pay and leave. Or on the opposite side, to complete a full meta martingale cycle, two tables at one unit, one table at two units, one table at four units, and not getting to a day's profit, and, in, and then leave the casino. That's, that's the plan every time I walk in the door. And one or two slot machines may be thrown in as, as a way to take a break from blackjack when needed. You know, if I need to take a break and there isn't any, another thing to do, you know, I'll go play a little slots and, and see if I can win some money that way. And this plan can play out in a variety of ways. Same plan, different results, different visits. And I had two very, very different visits this past week using this plan. And so that's why I wanted to lay that out for you. So then the first visit using this plan goes like this. Leave the bar for the blackjack pit. Lose six units at the first table. Walk away. As I'm walking away, I notice a table that Chester and Raymundo are playing at. And so I sit down, take an empty seat, wait for the end of the shoe, talk to them a little bit, play with them for a while, leave the table down, seven units. Play a slot machine, find a table, use Meta Martingale so the unit size is now doubled compared to the first two tables, reach a positive exit, leave the table plus eight units. And that's at the larger unit size. So now I'm up about one third of a day's pay. A nice recovery. 
back on track, but not enough of a win to satisfy my plan and, and leave the casino based on what I intend to do. So I check in with Gabriel at the craps table. I grab a water at the bar and review all the amounts for the visit to confirm that what I'm thinking in my head is where I'm actually at. Check all of that. Look at things from a profit and loss point of view. Play two more losing tables with the base unit size again. And a losing table with the Meta Martin Gable. Gale, <laughs> easy for me to say with a Meta Martin Gale double unit size. Take a break. Walk around looking at the Christmas decorations. Send Mrs. TRG a text to let her know where I am since she'll be getting home fairly soon. Then go into the high limit room for a private table since at the, the third part of Meta Martingale, playing four times my original unit size, I can play in the high limit room and meet their table minimums and get better rules because the high limit room offers a couple slight rule variations that makes things more player friendly. And I have a nice win. But when I exit, I'm still just up a small portion of a day's pay. I'm still not at that exit point for the building yet. Gabriel's at the bar, and I have a short pour with him, and we talk about how things are going and, and some things outside of our casino world. And then it's back to the blackjack pit and the original unit size. I have a nice win, finishing ahead just a little over a day's pay. I grab a water. I confirm all my numbers. Everything's the way it should be. It's time to head home. Mission accomplished. A few days later. Different set of promotions, another free bet, so I'm back at the casino, same plan. Finish my drink at the bar, into the blackjack pit, things are slow. Not a whole lot of people playing cards, I grab a table by myself, everything goes my way. At one point, I win so many hands at a 2.5 unit bet on the progressive side of always be grinding that I actually go up to a full three units and win a couple hands at that level. So win, 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 win. After a little over an hour, and this is back to that hourly rate thing, I lose three one-unit bets in a row, and I exit with a profit of almost two days' pay from that one table. From that, I play a slot machine on the way out, I win enough money to make it a full day, two days' pay, and I leave the casino. Same plan, same casino, two very different visits. One involved a lot of time from my time roll, and a lot of money, relatively speaking, from my bankroll. It generated a lot of tier points and imaginary tax-free money. The other was a quick and easy win that didn't really generate much in terms of casino points or that kind of thing, but that doesn't matter. Stick to the plan, take the money, and leave. Want the win more than I want the win more than I want to play cards. Love playing cards, but I like winning more. Okay, let's head to the virtual VIP lounge and enjoy the second part of my interview with Professor Slots. A little bit of the bubbly. Wherever and whenever you are, it's always 5 o'clock in the Virtual VIP Lounge, and we have the best virtual everything virtually all the time. Trust me, if you don't see it, just imagine it, and it will appear. I hope you will join me for a few sips, virtually if your situation requires that, or by pressing pause and pouring something if you can. True talk. Once I finish this up, I'm meeting Gabriel for a couple of smoky bourbons at a local distillery, so I'm enjoying some locally bottled, handcrafted, artisanal still water today while we uh, catch up with the rest of the Professor Slots interview. And last episode, we left off with Professor Slots, the author of the excellent book, Learning to Win, asking me if anyone wins playing poker, a question that left me feeling a bit like I did in college physics, thinking I know the answer and not sure I understood the question. Here is the professor's answer to that question and then the rest of our conversation. Oh, sure, people win. I mean, the house wins yeah. because they're just taking a rake. They're just running the game. Well, not everybody, but not everybody. Right. right. So that's, that's slots. Uh, the, the casino uh, with, with poker 
uh, when you you know get a tournament where you're not switching out players, uh, at the end of the tournament, one person won. And that oh, means yeah. okay, it, I wasn't taking it out from the tournament point of view. Well, I'm I'm just saying when you have people coming and going, it's a little harder to notice this. Um, uh, uh, but you know, somebody gets all the money, all the chips, right? And yep. and and yeah. and and so you have a winner. Now you could be sharing all this. Um, you know, it's it's a game of chance when you're rolling dice. Now there's questions of dice control and whether, you know, that sort of thing happens. And it's not for me to, you know, I'm a specialist, a gambling specialist. I do slots. And um, and that might be historic horse racing in Kentucky. It might be uh, based on the state lottery in the state of Washington. You know, it could be uh, a tribal gaming compact, but it's all, you know, electronic games for me. And, but it's, uh, if you start thinking about slot machines, to get back to your original question, games of chance versus games of skill, uh, poker, if you treat it like a game of skill, then you have some say. Now you, you get the cards you get, right? And then you do optimal play, and it's optimal play is different depending on which particular game of poker you're, you're playing. And some's, you know, it's not optimal play if you use the wrong set of rules. And people who know poker well understand that, you know, that's where the skill lies. Now, there's right. also other things uh, that, you know, we're not really talking about, which is like money management um, and other things, that, you know, discipline, uh, you know, all that skill. But as far as playing the slot machine, or far, as far as playing poker, uh, you have skill. And a lot of people don't agree with that being the case for slots, but, um, it's just people will say, I, I got a message today on, 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 on YouTube saying, here's an idea, random number generator, you know, which was basically a, a sarcastic comment. And right. I'm like, I, I'm like, I've written articles on this. You know, you don't know what random number generators mean. You know, it's there's I, I think about um, what's that course of educational topic STEM you know, yep. it's, it's it's like you know we could use more of that kind of education. Um, a lot of people um, uh, think about a, a you roll a dice, a roll a die, one of them, uh, and it's a one in six chance that one of the numbers will come up, and that's just not how slot machines work. Um, one of my audience members during a live stream appreciated my saying using another game, uh, roulette. Spin a wheel on roulette. And it slows down, comes to a stop. If it's perfectly level, it's an honest game, and it's randomly determining one of the numbers. That, you know, is not a slot machine. The real on a on a physical real slot machine, you know, is spinning, and it is not, um, uh, you know, going to land after it slows down and stop. It's not that kind of random. All the slot reels are on motors, and they're going to stop based on the decision made when you made the bet. Sorry, everybody, you know, didn't know that. The machine didn't tell anybody, you know, it's still a surprise to you. Uh, you know, right. after all those bonus rounds and everything you made, all that decision making was made right when you press the button. You're just, you know, they're just extending when you find out how you did. And that's... Well, and then <laughs> from, and I'm sure you know this, but, but from my real world, real job, in computers and IT, mm -hmm. I have always been told 
I have always mm-hmm. learned, I have always told people that computers can't actually generate truly random numbers, which is why I always thought yes. slot machines generate three and pick one. Is that right? I, I've, taught, I've taught that in physics. You know, it it's pretty good these days. Uh, there was a time uh, 15, 20 years ago when Intel had a bad chip uh, and the random number generator was like off. You know, it wasn't random and everybody was like, oh, I need to have the chip replaced on my computer. All that's long since been fixed. You're right. It is not random. You would not want to do this to determine the weight of the universe or, you know, some astronomical <laughs> right. calculations, which people I know do. And they, they, you need something that's better than that, uh, better than what can be done with a chip and a kernel. Uh, but that's that's it's all of those are close enough. It's good enough, unless you're right. you know trying to do very sensitive scientific measurements. It's it's not at all good enough. But for for casinos, for spot machines, you'd never know the the difference. It's you know they 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 make revenue is like one point eight billion dollars a month on a mid sized Indiana casino. You know profit is you know, they, they return 90% of that, uh, which is a shame because uh, Nevada returns 93% of it. They're on the other right. end of the spectrum. <laughs> this, is what you, this is what happens when you look at the state laws. Um, but but uh, this is what you learn. But uh, um, so they make $180 million uh, in, uh, because that's 10% of $1.8 billion per month. Now they have to right. pay their electric bill and they have to do the you know other fees and employ their employees. So it's not all profit, but it is what they start with as far as profit. And you know that's that's uh, uh, what what was your question? I I got distracted by billions <laughs> and millions. <laughs> well, no, we we did what we both do. We started one place, and then we went someplace else. Then we ended up to the point where we're not sure where we started, and we'll find out if the audience thinks that's great or if the audience thinks that's less than great. I suspect they'll think it's fabulous. And and then I'm going to hit you with a question I've always wanted the answer to that you just made me think of, which is more of us being us, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So you, you said that when the random number is generated, I was actually just talking to Mrs. TRG about this a couple yes. weeks ago. Uh, you, you said that the random number is generated and the machine knows how much you're going to win, but you're just waiting for it to reveal that to you. Yes. So jumping off of that thought, I pushed the button Right, yep. the the cute little panda or the phoenix or whatever starts dancing, and I get the game where I get to pick the coins or the symbols that determine what progressive I get. Is it right. inevitable, regardless of what coins I pick, that the, that the progressive is going to be whatever it's already been decided when I push the button? Yes, except if it's a class two machine. At the, on a class two machine at a tribal casino, that choice matters. Okay. Okay. On a class three Vegas style machine, that choice doesn't matter. Now, let me, let me just sort of explain the pushing of the button because we brushed past that maybe a little bit too fast. You press okay. the button to make a bet. The random number generator calculates. Everybody who says random number generator uh, is right about this part. What they get wrong is a, a poor explanation that's out there that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about correcting and maybe break the internet when I do it. But uh, <laughs> the poor explanation is, what is it picking from? It's randomly choosing what? And that's, and that's where people go wrong. 
and I, I need to explain all this at, a, at another time. But the second thing it does, okay, so you know, brushing over that little detail, uh, so I don't break the internet on your show. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, no, do it on your show. So you deserve it. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, can you handle the truth? But in any case, um, <laughs> I, uh, the second thing, uh, and they do use the random number generator. It doesn't have to be the same one that's legally protected. Uh, they use a random number generator to say, okay, so the first time the random number generator run, we ran, we found out how much this person is going to win with this bet. The second use of a, a random number generator, and doesn't have to be the one that's legally protected, uh, that was used the first time, chooses how might I give this amount of money to the player? Do I just oh. go straight to the real combinations? Do I go you know, to one of several possible bonus games on a video slot machine? You know, do I choose, you know, which combination? How do I give them this money? And that's the second choice. And now I look at all this and, you know, I, I understand it. But I look at this from the point of view of, okay, is there anything in any of that that I can use to take advantage of the casino? Is there anything I can in there that I can use to win? And there's a few things, uh, but you know, ask your questions, and we'll get to what we get to. <laughs> uh, uh, we could probably do this a lot longer than uh, <laughs> we have time available to do this. Uh, it's like absolutely it. fascinating, and you're and you're demonstrating your incredible expertise in this in this very specific area. Um, I guess to bring things maybe perhaps back to something a little more generic to all gambling. Um, uh huh. Because I, you, you kind of pointed me in a direction. We were chit-chatting, you know, sending some emails back and forth, and you pointed me to a part of your book where you talk about record-keeping. Um, ah. I'm a huge fan of record-keeping. I think record-keeping is critical to good gambling, regardless of the gambling device, technique, game, whatever you want to call it. I don't think you can be good at this without records. But, you know, maybe give us your point of view on record keeping what record keeping you know how you see record keeping as it relates to gambling because i notice in the book maybe from your engineering background whatever it was you were record keeping before you understood how to be good you went to that almost instinctively in my reading of the book so how do you perceive record keeping and gambling absolutely i was an engineering graduate student what do you mean i wouldn't keep a record i kept a record <laughs> just about everything i was my calories my proteins my sugar and grams you know i it, it, my, my sister is just in awe of this i've shown her my spreadsheets and she's like i like your use of colors in your graph <laughs> i'm like well and and so you want to present these things and it's just years of going to school and multiple engineering degrees but um uh, yes when i won those 13 hand pays in six days and you know kept track of what i took into the casino and whatever i could seem reasonable to me i remember the next year i went to um, one of the tax preparation services that i had always used one of the national ones and and i went in and i, I handed him my 13 w2gs and he's just like, what's going on? And I said, yeah. And I told him the little story, you know, maybe the first time I had actually told what happened to somebody. And he's like, um, he asked me the weirdest question. How much money did you take in? And I said, well, I took in $500 that first day. Everything was from that. And he's like, no, how much did you take in in the second day? And the third day? And the fourth day? 
you know, what did you take in each day? And I was like, oh, well, did you want that? And he's like, yes. And I, I got it home in a spreadsheet. I, I'll go get it, I guess. You know? and, <laughs> and, and I ended up, I ended up with um, another, the way I look at it, I, wanted, I got another hand pay. You know, it was like a $5,000 tax return, uh, uh, you know, on my <laughs> annual salary of being twice, of, of being twice that around 10K. And she's like, oh, you know, I, I never thought I'd actually make any money from keeping records. That's a new one on me. <laughs> and, um, but yes, uh, if you um, pay taxes uh, and you want to get them back, a lot of people, you know, uh, you can deduct up to your winnings. Now, you may not have winnings. You may not have a W-2G, but you can uh, – uh, if. There's other things that you can get. You actually have to win. The the, the second thing you have to do, and, and you can spend it, but as long as you keep a record, you, you're you safe because you can get those taxes that may not be, that may be mandatory. You, you can get those back if there are taxes, if you win a hand pay, for instance. Um, but you do need to, um, uh, what, what, what's the term that we're looking for here? Um, uh, itemize your deductions. Oh right, and, yeah, that makes sense. And I and I talk to lots of slots players, and they're just like, "Well, I don't, I, I don't make enough money to itemize my deductions." And I said, "You know, I tell them you're you're one jackpot away from doing that, you know, <laughs> and it might be December thirty first, you know, you win thirty thousand dollar hand pay. You know, my largest was twenty seven thousand, and I was like, God, you know, I was shocked <laughs> for me. Um, but uh, uh, if you record your uh, how much you spend, uh, and the, the IRS, the United States IRS is very generous. They they say gas, you know, uh, food that you buy on the way to the casino, food you buy at the casino if it's not free, you know, uh, keep track of certain pieces of information, and and it's all right there in, in you know IRS.gov, and you know search for gambling deductions, and you'll find the articles and check the latest you know updates all the time, and and I reference those a lot. But that's not uh, enough, right? Um, I want to know if going the day after, the morning after one of my strategies, the morning after uh, a very busy night, the morning after Black Friday, is a good time to go to that particular casino. There's an accounting practice that I'm trying to take advantage of. Not all casinos have it, and those that have it don't always need it because they guess right the day before to get their performance metrics for a busy night. Anyway, that's a, that's a, that's a, I have articles on these things. But in any case, um, if it was, you know, what about Christmas Day? Christmas is coming. You know, Christmas Eve. How did I do last year? You're going to remember how you did where last year so that you know what you should or could try this year that worked last year? So I, when I create these notes, uh, gambling record keeping for the IRS income tax preparation, I add a few more columns than the IRS needs, which is, you know, notes, uh, what kinds of wins, what technique was I using to win, uh, which technique was I using but lost, so don't do that again unless it has a new owner. You know, then you need to check them again uh, to see if they the new owners switched to something that's common but wasn't at that casino before that happened. And so the gambling notes is actually gameplay analysis. 
and and you know it, all it needs to do is like give you a five thousand dollar hand pay and you're like well it kind of paid for it <laughs> yep yep well and <clears throat> i'm i'm the same way I've, I've been a proponent of record keeping you know for a long time and it actually evolved for me over the last i don't know 16 17 months i actually have with a very very simple technique i didn't code anything but uh, yeah. I actually created an app on my phone, and yeah. I track every casino transaction. If I tip the the girl who brings me a, a bottle of water, two bucks, at, and then at some point when there's a break in the game, I stand up and fire up the app and record that $2. Everything I won, everything I lost, which machine I won on, how I won on that machine, um, and then also some some there's sometimes you know I've got an other category where the number's always zero, but that's where I record other aspects of, of what I saw in the casino because you're absolutely right it's tough enough to remember three weeks later what happened right and look at things from a monthly basis it's challenging to remember exactly what happened you know six months ago a, a year ago. Um, so that's I'm I'm a huge fan of that, and it sounds like we're, we're similar. Get get not only what the IRS might need, but get everything else. They're not going to trip me up and say, "Well, how do you know that you bought this meal and it wasn't comped?" Well, I know because it says so right here in my notes. This is the restaurant we ate at. There were two yeah. of us, and we yeah. ate this meal and we spent this much on it. And yes, it, so and that's, it's always and nice. that's not covered. And that's not covered by win loss statement. Right. And so oh, a lot exactly. of people are, are, are just saying, you know, I, I have my win-loss statements from the players club and I always use my players card. <laughs> and yet there's a lot of people who are like, I don't always use my players card. In any case, um, they don't comp, you know, they don't include the gas that was, you know, you spent for traveling to the casino or the food you ate on that trip. Maybe it's a four-hour drive uh, instead of maybe 15 minutes from your house, uh, whatever. You can... Uh, record that because the IRS says you can, but it is not something that is on your win-loss statements, particularly since a lot of win-loss statements also just do the difference between your wins and losses. And so you have a, some number surrounded by parentheses. It's a negative number, and that's how much you spent. And people say, I'm going to submit that to the IRS. And the IRS says, no, I want to know how much you won and lost, and we'll do the math. Thank you very right. much. And and so these little these little details and um, you know uh, so yes I I agree it can be a bit much to include the uh, analysis gameplay analysis but as long as you put down Black Friday day after okay you know there is that's very useful a year later you know as long as you know where you went now you can do play by play um although i do have some concerns about that it, that can you know for you and me that's a lot of data and it can be a lot of fun to uh, analyze it but as much time as you spend playing it you're probably going to be doing as much time doing analysis and that all could be uh you know we want to find a way for everybody to be able to use this in a common manner so you record anything and it's probably going to help you uh you know all your stuff or 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 less but right now uh even just getting tax return you know getting a refund when you weren't before 
Uh, there's all kinds of reasons to to do this, and there's a lot of a lot of misunderstandings out there. My accountant, um, my business is growing, and so this year I got a, an accountant, or actually the end of last year, and now uh, uh, he does this sort of thing. So I'm inviting him onto my live stream, my Saturday at noon live stream uh, in December, one of them, and it should be could be December 18th. We're performing it up. And I'm just going to have them answer questions from my audience who is always saying like myths and rumors and misunderstandings. And he's going to say, as a professional, a professional accountant, as a CPA, this is the answer to your question. I'm legal, he's, he's legally providing a professional response. Uh, and I, you know, I tell people I'm not a tax professional. Make sure you confirm anything I say. Right. But yeah. you would confirm it with him. And and so he doesn't, you know, it's a little bit of a legal liability for for him. But then he's just like, I I do this professionally day in day out, you know, for years, decades. And so he knows right. the answer. It's an, extra, it's an extra hour of liability in his life. It has lots of hours of liability. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So so yes, um, you know, what are the rules? But as far as gameplay analysis, uh, you know, there's anything would help. And this is the skill. This is the skill we're talking about. The biggest barrier to thinking of slots as a skill-based game for many people is people saying, well, it's just luck. And I'm like, do you want me to show you the math? How, yes, there is luck in it, but it is not fully luck. This is not, um, uh, you know, shuffling a deck of cards well and, and throwing the cards on the table and saying, look, that's random. You know, it's, that's the universe speaking. But now you've got these random number generators that are not perfect random number generators. They're pseudo-random number generators. And what are they picking from? And these things they choose from, this list they choose from, actually there's six different possibilities. It's called a probability distri distribution. Some people would know it as a frequency distribution. And they had to improve the odds on uh, not winning zero on a slot machine. If you had a physical real slot machine, I, I'm gonna have to use math because I use math. If you have a physical <laughs> real slot machine, it has three reels and each reel has 12 symbols. Then how many possible outcomes are there? 1,726, 12 times 12 times 12. On the pay table, how many possible ways to win are there? Now the pay, pay table doesn't show everything, but let's just say 50. 50 ways out of 1,726. What is that? That's about 4%, a little bit less than that. About, let's just call it 3%. That's what it's closest to. What is, the, what is the average in Nevada for a slot machine? 93%. What's the average in Indiana? 90%, not 3%. So they adjust slot machines from being fully random to you don't get zero as much. You get a win, something non-zero, more often. Even though most of the real combinations end up being zero-one, they improve the odds. Now, they also improve the odds on some of the lower wins. Uh, two cherries, you know, because if it was fully random, getting three cherries would have the same odds as the three Wheel of Fortune special symbols. Right. <laughs> you know, the top, right. the top jackpot. It would be the same odds to win three cherries as it is the, the top jackpot in the slot machine. Can't have that. You've got to reduce the odds in the top jackpot. And so from the beginning, 
100 years ago, Charles Fay in San Francisco made the first slot machine. Um, it was actually a machine that took coins. So that's why it's called a slot machine. Uh, he invented that aspect of things and had to change it so that it would be better odds than you would just get if it was random. So it's never not been there. And so if that's the case, then what odds it, has it been set to? And, and how does that whole process work? And nobody thinks about that because you know the barrier to understanding that slots is a skill-based game includes skill in its process is to understand that it's not fully random, not fully luck-based. And a lot of people can't get past that, which is okay. Well, and that's, yeah, I'm gonna, that's a fascinating case. I'm going to say it's okay we need losers. <laughs> if, 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 if slot machines, if everybody wanted slot machines, the casino would shut down. Please, if you believe that it's a fully luck-based, more power to you, go out there and give money to the casino and help them pay their electric bill. Because we're not. Yep. Yep. Because we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take some of what you lost, and they're not gonna complain because there are way more of you That's than right. there are of us. That's yeah. exactly right. It's funny because one of my um, one of my things I do in, in my podcast is I have things called casino wisdoms that are numbered, and I don't mean it sacrilegiously, but they're numbered like scriptures so that we can remember them easily. They're just little tidbits of information that I think we need to know and remember and be able to remember easily. And casino wisdom number 58, and I'm stealing it from some old Roman general, I forget who he was, but he said, uh, love Seneca? is the uh, intersection. Yeah, Seneca, I think it is. Yeah, sounds right. Yep, sounds right. But it's the intersection yeah. of opportunity and preparation, and mm -hmm. which says it isn't luck. It's it's as you're pointing out, skill. It's being prepared. It's being knowledgeable, and then it's ha taking the opportunity that 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 preparation created. And you're kind of saying exactly the same thing. Uh, yeah. And it's funny how how often good gamblers have come to that to that yeah. observation over yeah. and over. No, I'm growing. I, I'm I'm growing so fast since I you know decided to uh, I won ninety tax pot, ninety jackpots uh, that's a uh, hand paid uh, over twelve hundred dollars get a W two G in nine months and then I won a car and uh, basically uh, yeah, because I'd been spending so much and winning so much that I had a lot of points and so I used slots to sort of win the car because I had a lot of entries and then they asked right. me to spin a wheel and I'm like that's what I do I spin wheels <laughs> so, so yeah right in my wheelhouse um, and and so uh, before I won the car I was like you know there's no book out there I've got all these notes that I've been taking over these nine months and uh, you know what should I do what should I you know I, sh I should write a book and then I won the car and I'm like okay now I have to write the book <laughs> and so I, 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 I switch over to that and and learn more and organize my ideas and and that's part of I think a previous question you had about you know how how did you go about doing this why did you write the book and and I self-published I looked into uh, actual public publishing um, with a with a literary agent um, and the percentages a lot of people think you make money from from writing a book you don't uh, if you're a bestseller you know you can get a royalty check and send your kid to college all four years all five years um, but if you're not a bestseller um, you, it's it's less than 20k per book and if you make two books a year uh, and they sell you know on average the medium amount, you might make $40,000 a year. 
you know, and it's it's just like, uh, that's forty thousand dollars you might not otherwise have, but you do write every day. <laughs> right. Just one page. Right. <laughs> and 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 so uh, I self published, and it's basically uh, to to help people understand. A lot of my content is for free. A lot of the stuff that I share is just freely available. It's been great getting on YouTube. I probably should have done that first instead of last. Uh, there's things that are not, you know, posted there, but they are on my website. And the book is to explain where I got all this. Um, but I uh, recently realized a lot of people don't even go to the, you know, read books. And so I've, I created an audio version and it's all on Amazon, but, uh, uh, you know, soft cover, hard cover, ebook, uh, all those are there. But I decided to create a course uh, that would have all my ideas basically updated, not quite constantly, a couple times a year. Uh, and I'll just redo everything a couple times a year. And and but if you don't want to spend ninety seven dollars on on my online course uh, for slots enthusiasts, how to play uh, thirty days to play slots smarter and win, just just watch all my content. It's hundreds of hours. The course is meant to get you through my stuff kind of systematically, uh, but you know the, it's all free too, except for the homework and the leading questions and you know trying to teach things. Uh, the, the, the just watching the video, um, you know, you, you need to put it into practice, and I help you do that in the online course. But if you you know want to see it all for free, it's all for free too, uh, and uh, it, it just takes a lot more time. And this is this is what's being updated. the The story of what I, how I learned it, where I learned it, what I learned, is in the book. But um, you know, we're sweeping through casinos. They're sweeping through casinos with multi-denomination slot machines that are replacing penny machines. Yes, one of the choices on a multi-denomination machine is one cent, but now it's two cent, five cent, ten cent, and so all those penny machines are actually being replaced with multi-denomination machines. And what does that mean? You know, the minimum bets are increasing from what, you know, penny machines used to be able to make a one cent bet. When did that go right. away? It's 68 yeah. cents, 88 cents. Uh, I think I saw as low as 30 cents one time and I'm like, dang, just raise the minimum cost. Uh, casinos, my goodness, how long? it's like a racket, but you can take advantage yeah. of casinos that do this and I, you know, share how. Well, and it's a great service, and we have uh, we have been very on brand for, uh, for for what I do. We uh, we started with a question, and then we came all the way around, and we skipped a couple things because we talked about them, and then we ended back up with the the first question or the second question. Uh, and uh, I did see that you have you have a course up on the website, and uh, and, and the little bits that I've, that I've had time to look at the website since we started talking. Uh, roughly what a week ago or whatever it was, um, it, it's really impressive. You, you've got a tremendous amount of stuff out there for for everybody um, at professorslots.com, um, and you've been very generous with your time today, and, and I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed the conversation, even if we just had the conversation and we weren't going to put it out there for everybody. Um, anything I've missed? Anything you'd like to share? Any other topics you'd uh, like to talk about? I I just just that. I'm not much of a marketer. I'm, <laughs> you know, I, I put this stuff out there and I, I, I'm just like, okay, done. You know, <laughs> and there's apparently quite a bit more to that. I have, uh, I'll try to say a couple of things. I have a YouTube channel, Professor Slots. 
I youtube.com slash Professor Slots. I have a podcast, Professor Slots. I have a website, professorslots.com. I have, uh, you know, an online course. I have books on Amazon. Uh, you actually need my name for that. Um, <laughs> well, they don't. I, I, they don't because I have it. I actually have. Uh, I have your book linked um, on our website, casinocombat.com, in the uh, TRG recommend section, and that uh, that link has the book right there in the books part, and it will take them to all the versions of your book: hardcover, softcover, Kindle, audio. All of them are all right there for people. No. Wonderful, thank you. Uh, and oh, and there's there's more. There's there's uh, I'm trying to be thorough. But one of the things that's uh, the reason why I'm growing is not so much because I'm a great marketer because I, I'm not. I'm trying to get there uh, is because people are want answers. It's becoming a situation where people are seeing strange things going on at their casino, like you know, uh, the stuff I talk about. And so they go searching for answers for stuff that they've seen. So I'm not trying to create a mystery in somebody's head on how things work. The people that, that are listening to this podcast who think about playing slot machines and go, that is the weirdest thing I have ever seen. It doesn't seem like that's, you know, luck-based winning. There's this, some skill here. I wonder if somebody could explain it to me. And so that's who's finding me. Those people who are like, I'm, I'm looking for answers. And, right. and so, you know, uh, uh, word of mouth. And uh, if only I was good at marketing, then I'd be really popular. That's one of the reasons I, one of the visions I had, maybe, maybe one of the side reasons, one of the visions I had was, you know, for years and years and years and years, for decades, I was figuring this out all by myself and reading books at the library. And that I met my very good friend Gabriel, and now I had a thought partner. And now we're starting to figure things out together. And we're able to right. compare his casino offers and his play, which he's very honest with me about, which, with my offers and my play, with, um, which I'm very honest with him about. And then gradually as my podcast, Casino Combat, has grown, now I'm meeting other gamblers, and we're we're pooling our information and we're sharing our information and I'm meeting people like you and I'm meeting uh, another author, Charlie, Charlie Frere. And, and I'm, I'm hearing his feedback and his knowledge and, and we're all getting smarter and we're all kind of sharing what we're seeing happen together because none of us are seeing all of it, but it is us against the casino, you know, us, yeah. us smart players against them. And, and the more knowledge we can gather, the, the, the better off we all are. It just, it just absolutely helps us. Helps I us completely out. agree. I completely agree. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, the book is Learning to Win, How to Make a Profit at Slot Machine Gambling. I, I hope you've all enjoyed this, uh, this conversation uh, as much as I've enjoyed having it. Um, you know, Professor Slots, thanks for being on, um, you know, a standing invitation. Any anytime you think you'd like to to do this again, we'll figure out another format or another way to do it. Um, because I think this has been great for for uh, for my audience, and and I'd certainly be happy to do it again. So thank you very much. I, yes, you're very welcome. If Thanks again to Professor Slots for joining us in the virtual VIP lounge. If you're interested in a PhD level look at turning slot machines from a game of chance to a game of skill, his book, Learning to Win, is linked on the Casino Combat website in the TRG Recommend section. Please tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a host, tip your host. 
Don't tip away your wins. Remember your casino wisdoms. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening.